Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same uh, top of the page menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing, with Section 5, Perception and the Two Worlds. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 191. I am the Holy Son of God himself, and that will be led, as usual, this morning by France. Okay, well, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a, a poetic opening for us this morning? I do, Lori, and it's just so beautiful. That's from Pierre Prettervand in his book, 365 Blessings to Heal Myself and the World. And it goes like this. May you, infinite love, shine as me that I may be so you that all those whom I encounter may experience me as your radiant presence, your unconditional love and forgiveness. May they no longer see me, but only, only, only you. I am the Holy Son of God himself. Amen. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, I love that, too. Thanks, guys. And thank you, Lori. Yeah, that landed in an interesting way. Okay, well, let's see. <clears throat> I have a list here of um and say this morning with us and reading I have uh Fran and Lori, Judy and Jessica, Lana and Karen. And I can I can read now. It's Robin Marie. Uh, Robin Marie is... I'll put Robin Marie right there. Yeah, um, I can read. And I'll, I'll probably call you between Lana and Karen. 
Okay, because of the way okay. it's on my paper. And oh. uh, let me ask, is there anyone else who's here this morning who would like to join the reading list or just say good morning? And uh, Good morning. This is Ida. I'm listening. Hi, Ida. Welcome. Hi, Lamont. Thank you. Good morning. It's Mindy, and I'll be listening to you. Great. Welcome, Mindy. Anyone else? It's Harrison. I can read. Great. Thanks, Harrison. Okay, let me see if I can get it in a little forward gear here. Okay. Well, today, I said today we're in Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing. Section 5, Perception in the Two Worlds. I'll get us started here with Paragraph 27. God established his relationship with you to make you happy, and nothing you do which does not share his purpose can be real. The purpose of the purpose God ascribed to anything is its only function. Because of his reason for creating his relationship with you, the function of relationships became forever to make happy and nothing else. To fulfill this function, you relate to your creation, says God to his. For nothing God created is apart from happiness, and nothing God created but would extend happiness as its creator did. Whatever fulfills this function not cannot be real. <clears throat> and friends. Chapter 17, Forgiveness and Healing, Section 5, Perception and the Two Worlds, Paragraph 27. God establishes relationship with you to make you happy, and nothing you do which does not share his purpose can be real. The purpose God ascribed to anything is its only function. Because of his reason for creating his relationship with you, the function of relationships became forever, quote, to make happy, unquote, and nothing else. To fulfill this function, you relate to your creations as God to his. For nothing God created is apart from happiness, and nothing God created but would extend happiness as its creator did. Whatever fulfills this function, not, cannot be real. 28. In this world, it is impossible to create, yet it is possible to make happy. We have said repeatedly that the Holy Spirit would not deprive you of your special relationships, but would transform them. And by that, all that is meant is that he will restore to them the function given God by them. The function you have given them is clearly not to make happy, but the holy relationship shares God's purpose rather than aiming to make a substitute for it. Every special relationship 
which you have made is a substitute for God's will and glorifies yours instead of his because of the delusion that they are different. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bren and Lori. In this world, it is impossible to create, yet it is possible to make happy. We've said repeatedly that the Holy Spirit would not deprive you of your special relationships, but would transform them. And by that, all that is meant is that he will restore to them the function given them by God. The function you have given them is clearly not to make happy. But the holy relationship shares God's purpose rather than aiming to make a substitute for it. Every special relationship which you've made is a substitute for God's will and glorifies yours instead of his because of the delusion that they are different. 29. You have made very real relationships even in this world which you do not recognize simply because you've raised their substitutes to such predominance that when truth calls to you, as it does constantly, you answer with a substitute. Every special relationship which you have ever undertaken has as its fundamental purpose the aim of occupying your mind so completely that you will not hear the call of truth. In a sense, the special relationship was the ego's answer to the creation of the Holy Spirit, who was God's answer to the separation. For although the ego did not understand what had been created, it was aware of threat. Thank you, Lori and Judy. Hi, pressing the wrong button. 29, from Perception and the Two Worlds. You have made very real relationships, even in this world, which you do not require or recognize. Let me start again. You have made very real relationships, even in this world, which you do not recognize, simply because you have raised their substitutes to such predominance that when truth calls to you as it does constantly, you answer with the substitute. Every special relationship which you have ever undertaken has as its fundamental purpose the aim of occupying your minds so completely that you will not hear the call of truth. In a sense, the special relationship was the ego's answer to the creation of the Holy Spirit, who was God's answer to the separation. For although the ego did not understand what he had been created, it was aware of threat. 30. The whole defense system which the ego evolved to protect the separation from the Holy Spirit was in response to the gift with which God blessed it and by his blessing enabled it to be healed. This blessing 
holds within itself the truth about everything. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit is in close relationship with you because in capital Him is your relationship with God restored to you. The relationship with capital Him has never been broken because the Holy Spirit has not been separate from anyone since the separation. And through capital Him have all your holy relationships been carefully preserved to serve God's purpose for you. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. 30. The whole defense system which the ego evolved to protect the separation from the Holy Spirit was in response to the gift with which God blessed it and by his blessing enabled it to be healed. This blessing holds within itself the truth about everything. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit is in close relationship with you because in him is your relationship with God restored to you. The relationship with him has never been broken because the Holy Spirit has not been separate from anyone since the separation. And through him have all your holy relationships been carefully preserved to serve God's purpose for you. 31. The ego is hyper alert to threat and the part of your mind into which the ego was accepted is very anxious to preserve its reason as it sees it. It does not realize that it is totally insane. And you must realize just what this means if you would be restored to sanity. The insane protect their thought systems but they do so insanely. And all their defenses are as insane as what they are supposed to protect. The separation has nothing in it, no part, no, quote, reason, and no attribute that is not insane. And its, quote, protection is part of it, as insane as the whole. The special relationship, which is its chief defense, must therefore be insane. (laughs) Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. Okay, 31. Thank you, Lamoine. The ego is hyper alert to threat, and the part of your mind into which the ego was accepted is very anxious to preserve its reason as it sees it. It does not realize that it is totally insane. And you must realize just what this means if you would be restored to sanity. The insane protect their thought system, but they do so insanely. And all their defenses are as insane as what they are supposed to protect. 
The separation has nothing in it, no part, no, in quotes, reason, and no attribute that is not insane. And its, in quotes, protection is part of it, as insane as the whole. The special relationship, which is its chief defense, must therefore be insane. You have but, 32, you have but little difficulty now in realizing that the thought system which the special, special relationship protects is but a system of delusions. You recognize, at least in general terms, that the ego is insane. Yet the special relationship still seems to you somehow to be, in quotes, different. Yet we have looked at it far closer than at many other aspects of the ego's thought system, which you have been more willing to let go. While this one remains, you will not let the others go, for this one is not different. Retain this one and you have retained the whole. Thank you, Lana and Robin Marie. Thirty-two. You have but little difficulty now in realizing that the thought system which the special relationship protects, is but a system of delusions. You recognize, at least in general terms, that the ego is insane, yet the special relationship still seems to, to you somehow to be, quote, different, unquote. Yet we have looked at it far closer than at many other aspects of the ego's thought system, <clears throat> which you have been more willing to let go. While this one remains, you will not let the others go, for this one is not different. Retain this one, and you have retained, and you have retained the whole. 33. It is essential to realize that all defenses do what they would defend. The underlying basis for their effectiveness is that they offer what they defend. What they defend is placed in them for safekeeping. And as they operate, they bring it to you. Every defense operates by giving gifts. And the gift is always a miniature of the thought system the, de the defense protects, set in a golden frame. The frame is very elaborate, all set with jewels and deeply carved and polished. Its purpose is to be of value in itself and to, to divert your attention from what it encloses. But the frame without the picture you cannot have. But the frame without the picture you cannot have. Defenses operate to make you think you can. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 33. It is essential to realize that all defenses do what they would defend. The underlying basis for their effectiveness is that they offer what they defend. What they defend is placed in them for safekeeping, and as they operate, they bring it to you. 
Every defense operates by giving gifts, and the gift is always a miniature of the thought system the defense protects, set in a golden frame. The frame is very elaborate, all set with jewels, and deeply carved and polished. Its purpose is to be of value in itself and to divert your attention from what it encloses. But the frame without the picture, you cannot have. Defenses operate to make you think you can. 34. The special relationship has the most imposing and deceptive frame of all the defenses the ego uses. Its thought system is offered here, surrounded by a frame so heavy and so elaborate that the picture is almost obliterated by its imposing structure. Into the frame are woven all sorts of fanciful and fragmented illusions of love, set with dreams of sacrifice and self-aggrandizement and interlaced with gilded threads of self-destruction. The glitter of blood shines like rubies and the tears are faceted like diamonds and gleam in the dim light in which the offering is made. Thank you, Karen. And Harrison. 34. (coughs) The special relationship has the most imposing and deceptive frame of all the defenses the ego uses. A thought system is offered here, surrounded by a frame so heavy and so elaborate that the picture is almost obliterated by its imposing structure. Into the frame are woven all sorts of fanciful and fragmented illusions of love, set with dreams of sacrifice and self-aggrandizement, and interlaced with gilded threads of self-destruction. They glitter of blood shines like rubies, and the tears are faceted like diamonds, and gleam in a dim light in which the offering is made. Look at the picture. Do not let the frame distract you. This gift is given you for your damnation. And if you take it, you will believe that you are damned. You cannot have the frame without the picture. 
when you what you value is the frame. For there you see no conflict. Yet the frame is only the rampage for the gift of conflict. The frame is not the gift. Be not deceived by the most superficial aspects of this thought system. For these aspects enclose the whole complete in every aspect. That lies in this glittering gift. Let not your gaze dwell on the hypnotic gleaming of the frame. Look at the picture and realize that death is offered to Thank you, Harrison. And is there a new reader for 35 and 36? New reader for 35 and 6? Okay, back to you, Fran. 35. Look at the picture. Do not let the frame distract you. This gift is given you for your damnation. And if you take it, you will believe that you are damned. You cannot have the frame without the picture. What you value is the frame, for there you see no conflict. Yet the frame is only the wrapping for the gift of conflict. The frame is not the gift. Be not deceived by the most superficial aspects of this thought system. For these aspects enclose the whole, complete in every aspect. Death lies in this glittering gift. Let not your gaze dwell on the hypnotic gleaming of the frame. Look at the picture and realize that death is offered you. 36. That is why the holy instant is so important in the defense of truth. The truth itself needs no defense but you do need defense against your own acceptance of the gift of death. When you, who are truth, accept an idea so dangerous to truth, you threaten truth with destruction, and your defense must now be undertaken to keep truth whole. The power of heaven, the love of God, the tears of Christ, and the joy of his internal spirit are marshaled to defend you from your own attack. For you attack them, being part of them, and they must save you, for they love themselves. Well, thank you, Fran and Lori. 36. That is why, look, wait now, I'm going to back up one sentence. Look at the picture and realize that death is offered you. 36, that is why the holy instant is so important to the defense of truth. Truth itself needs no defense, but you 
do need defense against your own acceptance of the gift of death. When you who are truth accept an idea so dangerous to truth, you threaten truth with destruction. And your defense must now be undertaken to keep truth whole. The power of heaven, the love of God, the tears of Christ, and the joy of his eternal spirit are marshaled to defend you from your own attack. For you attack them, being part of them, and they must save you, for they love themselves. 37. The holy instant is a miniature of heaven, sent you from heaven. It is a picture, too, set in a frame. Yet, if you accept this gift, you will not see the frame at all, because the gift can only be accepted through your willingness to focus all your attention on the picture. The holy instant is a miniature of eternity. It is a picture of timelessness, set in a frame of time. If you focus on the picture, you will realize that it was only the frame that made you think it was a picture. Without the frame, the picture is seen as what it represents. For as the whole thought system of the ego lies in its gifts, so the whole of heaven lies in this instant, borrowed from eternity and set in time for you. Thank you, Lori and Judy. Yes, thank you. 37, the holy instant is a miniature of heaven sent you from heaven. It is a picture, too, set in a frame. Yet if you accept this gift, you will not see the frame at all because the gift can only be accepted through your willingness to focus all your attention on the picture. The holy instant is a miniature of eternity. It is a picture of timelessness set in a frame of time. If you focus on the picture, you will realize that it was only the frame that made you think it was a picture. Without the frame, the picture is seen as what it represents. For as the whole thought system of the ego lies in its gifts, so the whole of heaven lies in this instant, borrowed from eternity and set in time for you. Two gifts are offered you. Each is complete and cannot be partially accepted. Each is a picture of all that you can have seen very differently. You cannot compare their value by comparing a picture to a frame. It must be the pictures only that you compare or the comparison is wholly without meaning. Remember that it is the picture that is the gift and only on this basis Are you really free to choose? Look at the pictures. Both of them. Ooh, excuse me. One is a tiny picture, hard to see at all beneath the heavy shadows of its enormous and disproportionate 
enclosure. The other is lightly framed and hung in light, lovely to look upon for what it is. And thank you, Judy and Jessica. 38. Two gifts are offered you. Each is complete and cannot be partially accepted. Each is a picture of all that you can have seen very differently. You cannot compare their value by comparing a picture to a frame. It must be the pictures only that you compare or the comparison is wholly without meaning. Remember that it is the picture that is the gift, and only on this basis are you really free to choose. Look at the pictures, both of them. One is a tiny picture, hard to see at all beneath the heavy shadows of its enormous and disproportionate enclosure. The other is lightly framed and hung in light, lovely to look upon for what it is. 39. You who have tried so hard and are still trying to fit the better picture into the wrong frame and so combine what cannot be combined, accept this and be glad. These pictures are each framed perfectly for what they represent. One is framed to be out of focus and not seen. The other is framed for perfect clarity. The picture of darkness and of death grows less convincing as you search it out amid its wrappings. As each senseless stone which seems to shine in darkness from the frame is exposed to light, it becomes dull and lifeless and ceases to distract you from the picture. And finally, you look upon the picture itself, seeing it at last, unprotected by the frame. It has no meaning. Well, thank you, Jessica and Lana. Thank you who have tried so hard and are still trying to fit the better picture into the wrong frame and so combine what cannot be combined, accept this and be glad. These pictures are each framed perfectly for what they represent. One is framed to be out of focus and not seen. The other is framed for perfect clarity. The picture of darkness and of death grows less convincing as you search it out amid its wrappings. As each senseless stone which seems to shine in darkness from the frame is exposed to the light, it becomes dull and lifeless and ceases to distract you from the picture. And finally, you look upon the picture itself, seeing at last that, unprotected by the frame, it has no meaning. 40. The other picture is lightly framed, for time cannot contain eternity. There is no distraction here. 
the picture of heaven and eternity grows more convincing, convincing as you look at it. And now, by real comparison, a transformation of both pictures can at last occur, and each is given its rightful place when both are seen in relation to each other. The dark picture brought to light is not perceived as fearful, but the fact that it is just a picture <laughs> is brought home at last. And what you see there, you will recognize as what it is, a picture of what you thought was real and nothing more. For beyond this picture, you will see nothing. Well, thank you, Lana and Robin Marie. The other picture is lightly framed, for time cannot contain eternity. There is no distraction here. The picture of heaven and eternity grows more convincing as you look at it. And now, by real comparison, a transformation of both pictures can at last occur, and each is given its rightful place when both are seen in relation to each other. The dark picture brought to light is not perceived as fearful, but the fact that it is just a picture is brought home at last. And what you see there, you will recognize as what it is, a picture of what you thought was real and nothing more. For beyond this picture, you will see nothing. 41. The picture of light in clear-cut and unmistakable contrast is transformed into what lies beyond the picture. As you look on this, you realize that it is not a picture, but a reality. This is no figured representation of a thought system, but the thought itself. What it represents is there. The frame fades gently and God rises to your remembrance, offering you the whole of creation in exchange for your little picture, wholly without value, and entirely deprived of meaning. Thank you, Robin Marie and Karen. 41. The picture of light is clear-cut and unmistakable contrast. It's, excuse me, I'll start again. 41, the picture of light in clear-cut and unmistakable contrast is transformed into what lies beyond the picture. As you look on this, you realize that it is not a picture, but a reality. There is no figured representation of a thought system, but the thought itself. What it represents is there. The frame fades gently and God rises to your remembrance, offering you the whole of creation in exchange for your little picture, wholly without value and entirely deprived of meaning. 42. As God ascends into his rightful place and you to yours, you will experience again 
the meaning of relationship and know it to be true. Let us ascend in peace together to the Father by giving him ascendance in our minds. We will gain everything by giving him the power and the glory and keeping no illusions of where they are. They are in us through his ascendance. What he has given is his. It shines in every part of him as in the whole. The whole reality of your relationship with him lies in our relationship to one another. The holy instant shines alike on all relationships, for in it they are one. For here is only healing, already complete and perfect. For here is God, and where he is, only the perfect and complete can be. Well, thank you, Karen and Harrison. Forty-two. As God ascends into his rightful place and you to yours, you will experience again the meaning of relationship and know it to be true. Let us ascend in peace together to the Father by giving him ascendance in our minds. We will gain everything by giving him the power and the glory and keeping no illusions of where they are. They are in us through his ascendance. What he has given is his. It it shines in every part of him as in the whole. The whole reality of your relationship with him lies in our relationship to one another. The Holy Essence shines a light on all relationships, for in it they are one. For here it is only healing, already complete and perfect. For here is God, and where he is, only the perfect and complete can be. Thank you, Harrison. <clears throat> and 
And uh, we're well past the top of the hour, so Fran, if you would uh, lead us in remembering a lesson for the day. Sure. Lesson 191. Please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are now in the uh, section with lessons 181 to 200. And today we are on lesson 191. I am the Holy Son of God himself. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we will do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay, lesson 191. I am the Holy Son of God himself. Here is your declaration of release from bondage of the world. And here as well is all the world released. You do not see what you have done by giving to the world the role of jailer to the Son of God. What have you done that this should be your world? What have you done that this is what you are? Deny your own identity, and this is what remains. Deny your own identity, and you will not escape the madness which induced this weird, unnatural, and ghostly thought which mocks creation and which laughs at God. Yet what is it except a game you play in which identity can be denied? You are as God created you. All else but this one thing is folly to believe. In this one thought is everything set free. So let today's idea find a place among your thoughts, and you have risen far above the world and all the worldly thoughts that hold it prisoner. And from this place of safety and escape, you will return and set it free. Be glad today how very easily is hell undone. You need but tell yourself, I am the Holy Son of God himself. I cannot suffer cannot be in pain, I cannot lose, nor can I fail to do all that salvation asks. And in that thought is everything you looked on wholly changed. You who perceive yourself as weak and frail, with futile hopes and devastated dreams, born but to die, to weep and suffer pain, hear this, all power is given you in earth and heaven. There is nothing that you cannot do. Your glory is the light that saves the world. Do not withhold salvation longer. Look about the world and see the suffering there. Is not your heart willing to bring your weary brothers rest? They must await your own release. They stay in chains till you are free. They cannot see the mercy of the world until you find it for yourself. They suffer pain until you have denied its hold on you. They die till you accept your own eternal life. You are the Holy Son of God himself. Remember this, and all the world is free. Remember this, and earth and heaven are one. Now we will do our five-minute practice. Lesson 191. I am the Holy Son of God himself.
Here is your declaration of release from bondage of the world. And here as well is all the world release. Lesson 191. I am the Holy Son of God himself. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you that. that was lovely. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Earlier this morning, I was looking at a group I joined online that was talking about cryptocurrency. And I looked at the discussion and I finally said, if there's this much controversy about it, I wouldn't get into crypto. But the reason I'm saying that is I'm contrasting that with this course. Because to me, okay, all right, I've even seen controversy about the course and online groups like on Facebook and stuff like that. But I don't pay that no mind, you know, not really. To me, when we say what we just said, uh, doing the um, the lesson for the day, I am the Holy Son of God himself, there's no controversy about that statement. That is for sure. That's for certain. In my mind, I'm not worried about it. I have no risk in believing that it's the truth. And I'm really happy to believe the truth. <laughs> really happy. After all these years. Um, thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. I love that. Thank you, Ida. Me too. Thanks, thank Ida. Thank you, Ida. So true. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, thank you, Ida, for your beautiful care. Uh, I I was thinking I can't ha- I can't wait to share about the um, special relationship versus the holy relationship. Um, to begin with, of course, the Holy Spirit is God's answer to the separation, and the ego's answer to the Holy Spirit is the special relationship. And I I have to make this really personal because in about 2011, I was kind of asked to join the ashram in India, you know, to become a renunciant. And I had a huge fit, and I said, I never wanted to be a renunciant. And in my mind, I was like always searching for my special relationship. I never let go of the dream of having a partner, you know, a spiritual partner. And um, anyway, I even... After this person suggested that I do this, we were were on tour in Canada, and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I ran up to Amma, and I'm like, "Um, you know, please, can I have a relationship? And a couple months later, I met this man, and oh, my God, he was like my perfect fantasy of what a partner would look like. He had these eyes that were uh, clear crystal feel colored like the water in Florida, you know, and long blonde hair. He was 6'3", and, you know, out of nowhere, he wanted to be with me. And we got a sailboat, and we had 
you know, we lived in Key Largo on the ocean. We were able to get up and go out into the bay for sunrise and sail. And we lived in this beautiful marina where the sun set every night. It was a perfect egoic frame of an empty picture. Nothing could, nothing in the world could, um, could be an example of this empty picture more than that. It's like in AA they say, you know, you, the uh, romancing the drink, you know, it's like the fire is burning and the candles and you're holding a glass of wine. And it's nonsense because inside you're suffering with an addiction that's destroying everything in your life. Well, that's exactly what this relationship was. Is like a perfect manifestation of my abusive mother. And, um, you know, I was always waiting for his attention or his affection. And, I mean, I was in my private world, a hell world of separation. But the picture was, the frame was so good. The the frame was so um, insidious and false. You know, it it looked on the outside like I landed the perfect life, the one I always dreamt of. You know, I used to go camping in St. John every year for about 12 years and stay in Maho Bay, and I used to go sailing. And my fantasy was finding someone to be a captain of a sailboat because I couldn't sail completely alone. This was it. And it was like Alma gave me the experience of the relationship I kept fantasizing about. What is a special relationship? It's fantasies and illusions. It's an empty frame that so distracts you from the actual picture. And what's in the actual picture? It's the potential for the holy instant. In the instant, holy instant, there is no frame. There is the Christ. You're sharing the oneness and the Holy Communion with something or someone. I feel like you can have a holy instant in meditation, or you can have a holy instant in nature, or you can have a holy instant with another person, but it's the dissolving of the ego consciousness and being in the oneness where it says in the reading, the um, God sends into his rightful place and you will experience again the meaning of relationship. That can be the meaning of relationship in any moment. It doesn't have to be just with another person. And um, yesterday I was doing a meditation class, and I saw the choice. You know, I could be in my mind, like, in the commentary about my meditation. Oh, you know, this past reference point fits into this, like this is the way I used to meditate, blah, 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 or having an ideal or judging it or interpreting it, all of that would be the ego. Or I could be in the absolute oneness of surrender with the divine. It's the shifting consciousness to the place where you are in the holy instant. There's no commentator. There's there's not even a witness. It's an experience experiencing the divine. Just like all these lessons that we've been having lately, um, you know, the peace of God is in me now within me. 
I feel the love of God shine through me. Uh, I choose joy instead of pain. All of our lessons have been pointing to this experience, the experience of the holy instant. There's no frame around that moment. Everything else dissolves. All the past associations dissolve. All of my references to the past dissolve. All of the shadow figures dissolve. That relationship I was talking about in the gilded frame of rubies and tears, I mean blood and tears, that was past. Those were shadow figures this person represented. Fantasies, not not truth. Anyway, um, by giving God ascendance in your mind, we ascend peace together, and we keep no illusions. That's, that's what this um, lesson for today really represents. You know, I am the Holy Son of God. I am in my oneness with the divine, the one self, uh, united with my creator, with no uh, separation. I'm complete. That's so beautiful, Karen. Just so great. Thank you. Yes, that was very clear, Karen. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. That was so lovely. Wonderful example. Thanks, Karen. Great example. Thanks, Karen. Yes, thank you, Karen. Really, if I were in that relationship with that guy, excuse me for a second, I would be deceived, you know, too, having... Having the wine and the sunset and the and the boat and the, all that stuff. Thank you. I'm complete. Hey guys, it's Jude. I have um, great love for this um, expression that's in the lesson today. Declaration of release. I um, I really attached um, got attached to that D O R D O R D O R. Um, you know, being a nurse my whole life, that DNR um, um, was the the game that I played with it. The idea of it, setting myself free from from the bondages of um, of self concept. That um, I am a body, and I'm in a body, and um, I'm not a body. Is what it turned around to be. The the exact opposite and reversal of the thought system of my ego, that I am not my body, I'm not my feelings, I'm not what I think I, I need, I'm not what I think I want, I, I am not what I think, period. You know, I don't know what to think. Half of what I think is, is, is sheer imagination, that I'm an image of my own making, and I don't understand the magnitude and power of the mind of God of which I am a part. So this declaration of re- of release, O D O R, um, it's my declaration of release from bondage of the world. And this morning I was thinking of bondage to the laws of the world. You know that I am I am only subject. I am in in my nobility and in the in, inheritance of how God created me to be. I am free of the laws of the world. I'm not even subject to gravity. I am purely mind and purely spirit. And, you know, that, that <laughs> I mean, I was feeling the freedom 
and the impact of living in the experience of being the incredible lightness of being, the incredible lightness of being. And living in this is, is it's to experience it, it's to live in it, to feel the impact that the truth of these words and understand that they come from my source and that is what I am. I am the Holy Son of God that channeled this book, these words, through Ellen Shuckman, that I'm sharing in my own truth. I am what I'm looking for. I am already all that I am. I am the Son of God. So I'm very glad this morning, and um, I particularly love this, this, you know, the last... um, the last two paragraphs, 41 and 42, in this, in this reading today. And um, I would love to read them again, and I will again and again, as I have again and again and again before, um, that God's in his rightful place in mine, and my mind is ascendant. Um, my mind, what my mind is, knowing that I'm a thought in the mind of God and being able to... to to want to see only the spirit and to overlook the body and to know that it's just a it's just a, a, an expression from the beauty and the transcendental limitless mind of God tri- transcendental limited awareness of what I am I'm Judy is absolutely nothing nobody she's a figment of the imagination of her own separate mind and I let that go today to, to claim the magnitude and holiness of the truth. I am the Holy Son of God himself. Amen. <laughs> the end. Amen. Indeed. Oh, thank you, Judy, as always, lovely. Good morning, it's Lana. I had such a beautiful healing this weekend of just body things. And um, last night when I went to bed, you know, I just gave my whole gave my whole world, gave my body, gave everything the Holy Spirit, and and just um, and said the lesson, you know, for today. Said the t- you know the title of the lesson, which I don't have in front of me now, but I said it last night, and it was just giving up all my sleeping time, my body's rest time, the Holy Spirit, and um, and when I wake up this morning, when I woke up this morning, I I felt such a joy within me. I had a beautiful conversation with. Um, he's sort of like the property manager for the home that I live in. And so he's having a surgery in a few days. He has an aneurysm on his heart, one of his heart valves. And so it's it's very serious. And, and we got to talking, and, um, and he really opened up to me. And he was saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those surgeries <laughs> you go into and, and they tell you you may not wake up, you know, because it can burst or, and he has a heart condition anyway. So... So he says, you know, I've done it all. I've been through it all, and I fear I don't feel death. I just fear how much pain it's going to cause my daughters if I do, you know, transition. 
and I thought, oh God, that's just where I am. You know, it's it's like I've been, I've seen it all. I've been through it all, the good, the bad, and the ridiculous. I had high moments and very low moments and everything in between. And I have nothing that um, I'm going to miss in this world um, other than, you know, and the love I bring with me, all the love I shared, and that's the point of the sharing. Um, I had a very, very holy relationship and happy dream with my husband, and I've shared a lot about that before. And what's confusing, I think, for a long time is the belief in the happiness as being fleeting and not real and the pain being real. Well, every moment of joy and love that I shared with my husband was real and eternal. The only thing that wasn't real was that it was a dream and dreams have beginnings and endings. They aren't eternal, but every loving thought we share is eternal and that's what I will always take with me I, I won't ever lose that those things so to think that um, that experience was unreal because it it covered up or it hid some inner pain is for me to say that the pain was real and the happy relationship, beautiful, loving, glorious, holy relationship wasn't. And, um, and Jesus corrects that in my mind. He says, no, Lana, all the things you made up about the dream, not being happy, they were the illusions. All the things I blamed myself for, all the things I didn't want to look at, all the things that were tempting for me, they were the illusion, not the love. And, you know, Jesus tells me, um, you know, he, he says to, to heal is to make happy. He says that right in, right in, in this reading. And in fact, just the other day, I, or was it yesterday? <laughs> I lose track of time a lot. Um, I wrote about to heal is make happy, and I remembered, and I wrote, and I wrote about a book I read years ago, and it came back into my awareness um, on my bookshelf uh, recently. And it's by you might many of you old timers may know Paul Steinberg. He wrote a lovely little book, Discovering with a Course in Miracles. And I tell you, I, the last time I read it was like. 20, 30 years ago, um, but he has this acronym, L-A-F, laugh and forgive. That was the meaning of it. And it's just what Jesus is telling us in this reading. For me, it's what Jesus is telling me in this reading. L-A-F, laugh, laugh and forgive. And um, I love to laugh and I love to be in joy. And, and I love to love. And that is what's real to me. And anything other than that, I know I can let it go because it's not real. You know, that little uh, fear to me comes, like Jesus uses the analogy of a mirror in the frame, or a picture in the frame, excuse me. And I use a similar as a, a, 
analogy, only I say um, fear is gift-wrapped in a hundred different things to hide the fear. But once we look at the fear, we see that nothing is there. It has no meaning. Because the love, just beyond the fear, shines brightly and it obliterates the fear. It's so much stronger. This God ascending, Holy Spirit is God ascending within us. And all I have to do is fix my focus and attention on this holy, mo- this holy instant of now. That's the meeting place for me where I exchange my belief in whatever is causing me pain for the truth in God. And that power of the love is so much greater than the fear or the pain or any other thing that would distract me or cause me to think, oh, this has to be healed before it's perfect or this has to be let go of before I can experience the Christ consciousness within me. No, no, no. They are not real. Nothing has to be done with them except to keep my focus on God and truth and reality. And then they disappear from my, from my awareness. They were never real. And I can embrace the happiness and the joy and the laughter that's right here in front of me and whatever it shows up as. So I'm babbling on too much. But I love this reading today. It's one of my favorites, too, like Judy mentioned. And um, I just thank you all for listening. I'm complete. That's beautiful, Oh, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lana. (laughs) Well, thank you, guys. I just, um, I have, 
psyche about um, pure perception, the purification of perception, that Christ's vision doesn't see suffering. It doesn't see pain. It knows not of it. That's why it's pure and it's perfect. And, you know, Christ says in the text to be that we are created perfect and to release the declaration of release of these false beliefs uh, that we have about ourselves and about the world, how to let them go, to let them go by giving up everything I ever thought I, I was true, was true or untrue, was, was, was good or bad, and look not upon the world with any thought about it at all. It's the thinking about the world that's made this world what it is, that with a completely empty mind, a mind completely empty of the past, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know the meaning of the world, this declaration of release. You know, in all the earliest lessons, it's, it's, things of this time and time and time again. Let go of time. Let go of the past. Healing is letting go of the past. All the stories about what I think the stories of the past are going to teach me now is the whole idea to me of letting go of the past. i got to let the stories of my past go in order to have an open mind, in order to learn what is beyond learning. I have to have such an open mind that the truth can... I make room for God in here. And God is so huge and, and magnificent and full of magnitude, I really got to get empty, clear and empty, in order for the truth to reveal itself to me. I got to wipe the slate clean of all my author, authoring any kind of script upon it. The only way the truth came to me, comes to me, or will continue to come to me. Everything I think I know from my own experiences are still partial and in part. And this total acceptance, it's not partial acceptance. It either is or it isn't. Is or is not true. The truth is wholly true. And nothing else is true at all. So I'm trying to get this into my head. <laughs> and forgive me if I sound strident, but I think this is very serious to me. I take it very seriously to my wholeheartedness, to my mind and heart that I, too, want to disappear into the heart and mind of God himself. That's why I thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank, Thank you, Judy.
That's why the holy instant is so important in the defense of truth. Tonight it says this holy instant will I give to you. Be you in charge. For I would follow you so your direction would give me peace. And if I need a word to help me, you will give it to me. If I need a thought, that will you also give. If I need the stillness and a tranquil open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of you. For you are in charge by my request, and you will hear and answer me before you speak for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. what happens when I see the picture. I'm complete. Oh, that was so good. Thank you so much, Harrison. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Harrison.
Hi, guys. Hi, hi. <laughs> I, um, I'm really getting into trying to feel, experience um, the words of truth that I've learned, letting my learning teach me, um, as we read in the text not too long ago. What does it feel like to be the Son of God himself? What does it feel like? It's 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 um it's it's just so undescribable and undefinable but in truth it is knowable. And I think this is the closest I can come to 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 telling you that the experience that I have in knowing in knowing in knowing it, knowingly being it. And knowingly being it has come from the practice of being still and at peace and the practice of, of being happy no matter what. Absolutely no matter what. You know, my body's screaming in pain. You know, it rains and I want to go sailing. Whatever. Recognize you, it doesn't matter. You're absolutely happy. You're absolutely joyful. You're absolutely peaceful. God inherently is the condition, my natural factory settings, my natural factory conditions in how I was created and knowingly living in this beingness, knowingly living in this being peace itself. It's a condition for knowing who I am. Being happy is a condition for knowing who I am. Being joyful is a condition for knowing who I am. So really feeling the impact of the truth when these words hit my, hit my heart and soul and make it sing and really re- recognizing it when I feel it and holding on to it and living in it. And I wish you all a joyful, peaceful, loving day. I am complete. Thanks, Judy. Thank, Thank you, Judy. Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank now, you. I, oh, I'm sorry, Lana. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead, Laurie. All I wanted to say was um, thank you for emphasizing uh, the need to keep the awareness always in my mind and heart. And that's the purpose of the journey. So thanks for that, Judy. Go ahead, Lana. You know, it's it's beautiful what you shared. I only heard the last part because I had to take a call, but... Um, you know that space or that space of knowing. It's um, I I compare it to you know it's not what I know or what I believe to be true. It's not what I believe not to be true. There's a space of where I I see that it's not what I know, but it's what I don't what I don't know that I know. It's a space of unknowing where I can come in this present moment and go to 
the space of total unknowing about anything, um, where it's delivered to me that, you know, and for me, that phrase, to heal is to make happy and joyful, you know, to make to heal is to make happy. And the happiness and the joy comes from the recognition of the truth of who I am. And that's that's the only thing, you know, the true message of the forgiveness is that there's nothing to forgive. And and that's where the joy for me lies. And that's only accomplished by coming to a place of total emptiness, of total willingness and open-mindedness to give up everything I believe to be true. And I have to do this again and again whenever I've been intoxicated by the ego into believing that I'm something that I'm not. Um, For in truth, as Jesus tells us over and over, that the only problem that we ever have is separation. The only problem is feeling separate from God feeling separate from happiness, feeling separate from joy, being, being separate from peace. And uh, that's the only correction that's needed. And it is just a correction, a shift in perception, you know, because nothing that's unreal exists. Only love is real. And when I can get that into my noggin, <laughs> when I can remember that, that only truth is true and nothing else is, you know, then that's like um, the path back to my peace. And it, it comes from not an accomplishment of anything, but through the willingness to not seek to do anything, to just be still, to just still my mind in the present moment and rest there with God and let God, let through the Holy Spirit, which is just my right-mindedness, give it an opportunity to present itself to me that um, I'm willing to, to, to feel that truth within me. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, you know, the, the line in the lesson, deny your identity, deny your identity, deny your identity, it was repeated so many times, and I thought, you know, that question later on in the text, it says, do you really want to know what you deny in order not to know the truth? And, you know, these double negatives used to drive me crazy. But um, denying who we are, that we are peaceful, that we are joyful, that we are happiness itself, and that everything is, everything is given us by God himself, that God himself has given us himself, and that is what and who we are. And the simplicity of these ideas, but the magnitude of them, it, it's too big to ignore and to deny. And what is denial except living in ignorance of who I am? I don't want to ignore God. I don't want to ignore my holiness, my happiness, my peace, when it's who I am. Who's the fool if I do this to myself? So if I'm living with constant denial of what and who I am, what is known to me, the knowledge of death, the knowledge, and it's the worldly knowledge, which is, you know, the Course says none of this is true. 
These are all false beliefs, a mistake in your self-appraisal. You're wrong, wrong-mindedness, wrong thinking. False, false, false. Not true, not true, not true. You want to know why you suffer? Because you believe this stuff. And so when I'm asked to give up this false sense of, of, of Judy, it's like, have at it, take it, you know, take all of me. Like you said, Lana, take my heart, mind, and soul, everything I ever thought, take it all, erase me. I am nobody, I am nothing. And this is when the truth surrounds me, encompasses me, and permeates me, and it bubbles all through me. Goosebumps and everything. <laughs> but I got to erase, you know. I got to undo. And he does it for me as soon as I'm willing. I'm willing to let myself go. I'm willing to be a nobody. To realize that n- n- nobody in this world can make me more than God already has made me, as I already am. I am what I am looking for. The, the limitless joy, the limitless peace, the limitless happiness, limitless life. Never, no endings and no beginnings. Thank you, Anna. I'm really here on your shares today. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I love that quote, to deny. The only proper use of denial is to deny the denial of the truth. So important. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, thank you, guys. you got something special for us, Lori? I so look forward to them. <laughs> oh, thanks, Judy. You know, what I can say about this section uh, is this, this and the next section both, um, is that I I had a series of special relationships, actually, uh, defined by what I used them for. This one for that, this one for that, this one for that. Always looking, never finding. And uh, the culmination of all of that looking, never finding, was one special relationship uh, that I used for five years used for the explicit purpose of losing myself, sacrificing myself to purchase a better self, exactly like he says. And um, he also says in the reinterpretation of defenses that pain thresholds can be high, but they're not unlimited. (laughs) 
And so that special relationship was uh, exactly like you said, a picture of conflict surrounded with self-sacrifice, self-aggrandizement, and and all like that, a picture of the ego thought system perfectly portrayed from my mind. And then I had a holy instant, and um, I'm happy to say that through that holy instant, the relationship was transformed and, and still exists today as a home for heaven. But here's the thing. Um, the word for the day is trajectory. <laughs> uh, said Holy Spirit to my mind. And, and there is a trajectory uh, for every single one of us in our stages of becoming. And, um, and I, I don't believe that there's an end. Lena, I love the way you say, find the space where I don't know what I don't know. Uh, let the mind go loose into that void. And every time I do, it turns out there's a holy instant. Another picture of eternity is set in time, but timeless in itself. And um, and I love this work because I love the author of this work, the consciousness that gave it to us. Um, after all that happened all those years ago, uh, my world was upside down. I mean, totally upside down. I was, I, I loved everything, um, but I didn't understand what happened. And so I went looking for uh, what is what is this new philosophy that all of a sudden has taken hold of my mind that I don't understand? And I looked, and I looked, and I looked, looked in all the holy literature, trying to find how how did he reveal himself like this to me uh, when I thought everything was otherwise? And what does it mean? <laughs> what what the heck happened to me? <laughs> and and so one of the places, this was, this disorientation went on for a number of years. I, mean, I was intensely happy and, and the relationship was becoming what it was intended to be, although it was a little upside down to begin with. And um, anyway, I'm searching, 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 and I wound up in a transpersonal psychology class. And the professor, this was back in the, 90s, the professor said, hey, there's this, you know, we studied all the transpersonal psychology literature, psychology beyond the personal, beyond self-realization, and the ladder of consciousness and all all this and that. And he finally said, um, you know, there's this new thing, it wasn't new, but must have been new to him. There's this new thing that explains it all, and it's called A Course in Miracles. Well, of course, I went straight down to the New Age bookstore and got myself a copy, and I fell in love with it. I mean, I fell in love with truth. I fell in love with uh, holiness. I fell in love with the Christ mind who could tell me my story exactly to a letter. And this is the purpose of the Course of Miracles, to retranslate me to me, um, to transform 
my consciousness into truth and it never ends it just never ends there's always a holy instant where more and more comes and and I'm thinking specifically of lesson 189 that we did this weekend I feel the love of God is in me now and that holy instant you know is eternal it, it holds everything where communication is restored but mind uh, my mind has a tendency to hold it static and oh, if I could only get back to that instant that it's held static but it's not like that it's not like that it's like every time I let myself loose in the void uh, something more arrives this particular weekend I'm still in the process of trying to translate this um, or discover what it holds for me but um, this weekend I feel the love of God within me now it was just void there were no words I let go of the words I let go of the thoughts and felt the space and, and lost myself in it and when I came back to my consciousness Holy Spirit said now you can use the word we now you can use the word we and um, this is this is we this is all of us this is beyond pronouns this holiness I am the Holy Son of God itself there are no pronouns in this place uh, nothing to take the place of no assignation no word to take the place of what's true and uh, and I'm thinking I could hardly wait until we get to chapter 26 for they have come you know this is this is um, this is how he translates uh, this into heaven and returns memory of himself revealing revealing more and more of himself and uh, and when we share it here you know he says it's the destiny of all relationship to become holy the more we share it here uh, the more this awareness is stamped on the soul um, and holds oh gee whiz now you know the idea of the unfolding lotus uh, makes perfect sense to me I'm complete well thank you Lori <laughs> oh beautiful Lori thank you so much And this is Lemoyne, and uh, this is a, I just have to return, you know, after the description of the two pictures, and mostly about the frame, and with the first one, and, you know, just feeling kind of daunted by the whole thing, until I realized that this is this is about perception and uh, separating out the world that as it 
says in the section, what is the world? The world is false perception. And that's the frame that I, that's centered on the false perception of separation, the idea of conflict. And that the second one, the you know, the frame, I, it's, it's kind of hard to see even. Maybe it's this book or something like that. Or it's... Uh, Yeah, um, I don't tempted to get drawn into making special. But, you know, someone who's actually living it, that their body becomes that kind of frame. But And then the third part there, the, the picture of the real world, it's more of a window than a picture. It, and the correction of perception we can recognize what it talks about in that first paragraph, which is <clears throat> something that was a real blessing when uh, Lori pointed it out to me, I don't know, months ago. And uh, actually is, uh, is right there where it just repeatedly says the, the purpose of relationships is to make happy. God established his relationship with you to make you happy. The function of, and in that action, the function of relationships became forever to make happy and nothing else. And to fulfill this function, you relate to your creations as God to his. And nothing God created but would extend happiness as this creator did. And then the double negative, whatever fulfills this function not cannot be real. And, uh, you know, I, I hung up on that double negative when I was reading. And I think, you know, the point is so that it's the positive statement is for there is there for us to pick up, you know, whatever fulfills this function must be real. And uh, and that function is just the extension of happiness. And, and you know, it, it can be described with other words, and it it's. Uh, it is, I think, the way that peace is assured, and and becomes uh, not just passive, but an active uh, function. Peace becomes an active function in the kingdom or in heaven. Anyway, um, I just wanted to return to that. <clears throat> because I think that is that is the central point of all this, you know, that it's just so tempting to get caught into details and struggle with them or fight over them. And uh, it's, imp- <laughs> it's essential <laughs> to remember the central function 
of uh, being in life because it it gets lost in the world as we see it in that heavy frame. Anyway, I'm complete. And thank you all for being here this morning. Before I end the recording, Lori, do you have a poetic close for this song? Well, Lemoyne, I'm starting to learn you asked me for that. So boy, am I ever happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a poem um, from Teresa of Avila. Anxious to see you, I died to the world, hearing the voice at the city's edge, at the horizon, form and space. How could I then notice anything handmade? How could I adore, suffer time? Anxious to hold you, I forgot myself completely, but you did not care about the way I came to look. I mean, your shape and mine, what were those seed husks that followed? Because it could not contain our mingled seed. Anxious to see you, our souls became your glory. Our eyes became your fire. All concepts of God are like the jar we break because... Only the infinite contain perfect love. Amen. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Beautiful completion to the call. And thank you, Lamont. Your share was so gorgeous. Thank you both. Thank you, Laurie. Indeed it was. In relationships are to make happy. I love it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.